Okay, good morning. So I were starting a, a brief moment later. We had some technical difficulties, but God is good. <laughs> All the time, even with the technical difficulties. Yeah, it's so good to be out here. What a beautiful, what a beautiful day. I think there's blue sky even. A big change. So good to see you. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to begin with a time of prayer. We're going to then ask our worship team, the music team, to, to get us going. And if you're here, I'll invite you to go ahead and stand. And then if you're at home, you know what? I can't see you. So if you want to stay in your jammies on the couch, that's fine. But <laughs> let's worship God together. Lord, we are grateful that once again we can come around your, around your word, that together as a community, you have, you have been sewing us together. You have been knitting us together to be uh, a witness to who you are and to your kingdom. And spe especially today, Lord, uh, as, we, as we see the role of your Holy Spirit in, in, in where we are going, Lord, I pray that you would give us a refreshed and renewed sense as we now sing that you are good, that your love endures forever, that you are good and that with, with you in every part of our life, that is before, ahead, and around, that we can trust, we can trust in your goodness. So, Lord, be with us now as we open our mouths, as we once again come before you in worship. It's in your name, Jesus, what we pray. Amen. Let's worship God. Amen. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. I'm going to praise God, even with, with the mask. <laughs> Here we go. Help me out with your hands. Come on. Great is the Lord God Almighty. Great is the Lord on high. The train of his robe fills the temple. And we cry out, highest praise. Sing with me, glory. Glory to the risen King. Glory to the Son. Glorious Son. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands, open the doors, let the King of glory come in and forever be our God. Sing again, lift up, lift up your hands, open the doors, let the King of glory come in and holy holy is the lord god almighty 
Holy is the Lord on Let all the earth bow before Him and crown You, Lord of all. Glory, glory to the risen King. Glory to the Son. Glory. The sun to the sun, glorious sun. Say again to the sun, to the sun, glorious sun. Lift up your heads, open the doors, let the King of glory come in. your hands, open the doors, let the King of glory come in, and forever be our God. Yeah. All right, thank you team let's pray lord i ask now that you would give us once again the grace to open your word and the grace to understand your word we know that it is only by your holy spirit that we can open up scripture and comprehend that we can we can fully appreciate what it is that you are saying to us lord on this beautiful day we are reminded that you are the creator that you brought all things into existence and that you have spoken to us in this creation. And Lord, we seek you now not as simply some vague spiritual presence in this world, but we now seek you by opening up the words that you have spoken to us that we have in Holy Scripture. We ask that the words we read and that the meditations of our hearts would now bring glory to your name. And it's in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. Amen. Feel free to have a seat, and we're going to open up the scriptures together. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. We enter into the Backyard Pilgrim. I think we're actually entering also into week 4, the fourth full week of our pilgrimage together, into the question... Where is God? Into that critical question for all of our lives as God's creation. We've been seeing how from the beginning, the very beginning, that God's hand formed us from the dust. And that from that very first move, God was with us in that garden, preparing this place where we would grow and we would thrive. But then quickly we saw that our response to being in that and that love of God was to ultimately use the freedom in ways that, that walked away from, from God's word. And then, now we're entering into, again, where, 
Once again, God is calling out to us. And this past week, you were able to see all these wonderful um, people of faith throughout history that are recorded in scriptures of people who were willing to say to God, here I am, who were willing to say, here I am, knowing that it might lead them in directions they hadn't expected. And this week, we get to see now, finally, Jesus. Jesus, the one who came to stand for humanity. Jesus, the one who came to also say, here I am. And so we'll be discovering this week in your Backyard Pilgrim readings, you'll be discovering where Jesus is found for you. Today, we're going to be looking at Luke 4. We're going to be starting in the very first verse of Luke 4. So if you want to read with me, these are the first two verses. It says this. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. This is God's word. So where is God leading you? What is happening right now in your life? The water is still dripping from Jesus' hair, and his clothes are soaked as he's standing there in the Jordan River. Everybody had just heard this amazing pronouncement from God the Father, saying to Jesus, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Everybody had just become very aware that Jesus was the fullness of God, that Jesus there was in God's path. In fact, right here, the next moment as Jesus is still soaking wet, we see in Luke 4 that it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. What have you understood to be where God is leading you? As we look at the scriptures, we know this historic word of God constantly telling us as humans that God loves you and that God's goodness is for you. Constantly, this is the message that God has been passing down to us. And it's not some lovey-dovey love. It's the type of love that's a covenant. It's a, a word we, we use, covenant in the church. It's like a really strong contract that God made himself. Chesed. It's this loving covenant that God has never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. And we begin to think about where God is leading us through that lens. God loves me. Of course, God wants to lead me into nothing but goodness. And then comes 2020. (laughs) I mean, if you look at 2020, many people will see this as not the type of goodness that they had imagined for our lives. Many people look at this and are starting to question, can, good, can God's goodness really be trusted? But I don't think you and I are the first people to ever question God's goodness. In fact, isn't that the story that we all began to read together four weeks ago? Adam and Eve in the garden as the serpent slithers up and asks them that question. Did God really say? In effect, 
asking Adam and Eve, can God really be trusted? Is his word something that you really can build your entire life around? Just look at your circumstances. There's this tree over here that he's withholding from you that has goodness on it. Can you really trust him that what he's saying is he loves you and that he wants his goodness for you? With Adam and Eve, then all throughout history to you today and to me, what's, what's been proven is that it is impossible for us to ultimately trust in God's goodness. Throughout the course of our lives, there are moments in which our faith that God is for us will dwindle. There's a moment in each of our lives when that, when that thought comes into my mind, is God's goodness really the goodness that I want? Or maybe I can dream up a better goodness, a better future, a better path forward that might bring me more happiness than if I take this path I see God's word leading me down. And so the serpent slithers up to each one of us. I think particularly right now in the trials and in the hardship and in the friction that we're living in here in September of 2020, soon to be October, soon to be November, do you think things are going to calm down in the next two months? Or do you think it might get a little more intense? I see this as a key moment for us in the church. A key moment to understand that hardship, that even temptation, that even testing, isn't necessarily something that we are supposed to avoid. In fact, Jesus, full full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus had just been baptized. He just had this amazing experience with, with this intimacy with God and, and, and this proclamation, you are my son whom I love. Can you think of the most spirit-filled moment in your life maybe you went when you were younger to a camp of some sort and you had that mountaintop experience or or maybe it was at your own baptism or maybe it was a moment in which you 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 professed your faith in front of a church for the first time or or maybe it was that moment a few years back when when you rededicated yourself to the faith whatever it might be whatever it might be and that moment in which you felt perhaps most close to God, when you felt closest to your identity as a Christ follower, as a Christian. And just in that moment for Jesus, it says, full of the Holy Spirit. The next step in his life was for the Spirit to lead him into the wilderness. This mysterious place, this mysterious unknown in which what happens? This character slithers up once again, where for 40 days, verse 2, he was tempted by diabolos, the devil. That word diabolos has this meaning, this behind it, the, the literary word has a meaning of liar or slanderer, one who is leading somebody astray. 
That's exactly what we see from the beginning. Did God really say this? Can God really be trusted? In fact, let me lead you astray to a, to a better good. Take the fruit. And once again, this, this diabolos comes to Jesus. Jesus is often described as this second Adam. This Adam 2.0. In which the way that we were created to live and to act once again can be found in its pure form. The original design, but not tainted. And so it's appropriate that just as Adam 1.0 has that first experience with this lying, slandering, leading astray. So now Jesus, just after receiving this blessing of his baptism, that first step is also his own Garden of Eden. His own, his own space to now be given this test. To now be given, so the Greek word for temptation is also test. To be given this temptation, to be given this test with this one who would lie and slander and try and lead Jesus astray, try and lead this human away from complete dependence, complete reliance, complete faith, complete trust in God's own word. This devil knows how easy it is to twist the thoughts of the human and cause them to fall. The devil has known since the dawn of creation how easy it is to plant the different seeds in our life that will make us question faith or that will make us ignore it. How many people today, the greater problem is not that they would deny God's word in their life, but they would simply not pay any attention to it and go on living their life as if it weren't even a, an important part to address. For many people today, God's word is not something to be accepted or denied, but it's simply something to be ignored. The Holy Spirit, however, leads Jesus into the direct testing of what he sees to be God's word in his life. My friends, I think we often understand, we often understand the wilderness in our life where, yes, the testing might come as somehow moments in our life that are the absence of God. What if? What if the moments in which we're being led into wilderness where, yes, that test might come, is actually the fullness of God in our life. So in those moments in which you're feeling tested, and maybe you're, you're tempted to, to, to see that as a moment in which God is so far away from you, why, oh God, am I going through this? Instead, if we can enter, enter into this moment with Jesus and see how his, his intimacy with God being full, it says, of the Holy Spirit is what led him into this moment in which he would be signing up for this test. How many people here liked to take tests in school? Caleb, I know you love taking tests. Don, I know there are people. Nabil, yeah, Kim, you like taking tests. 
That's awesome. You like it. The issue usually, the issue is not that the test isn't fun. It's more like we don't like the work going into it. But when you are actually given a test about something that you love and that you know about, when you're able to prove your, your ability to communicate the information and pass through that test, how good does that feel? I remember when I was in college, I had to do a couple different uh, recitals. And there was one that was particularly difficult because I had to sing in French, and I, I'm terrible at French. And I just remember when I got done, one of the professors turned around and, and said that it was the best I'd ever done in singing in French. And it felt so good to go through the test and come out the other side having grown. James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you live among unicorns and rainbows. Is that what it says? No. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you get to sit in a beach house for two months out of the year. No, oh, okay. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. That's what it says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. <laughs> what if the moments in your life when you are finding that test and that, that wilderness, what if those are the moments that are gifts for you? What if, what if 2020 right now is a chance for the church to step up and to hear once again that Diabolos slither up, that devil slither up and ask, is this really God's good for you right now? Can you still trust God that he has your interests in mind? And what if this is an opportunity for the church to step up and say, yes, God is good. As the devil slithers up to Jesus three times, He's asked if he's willing to walk away from God's path. To not believe that God has his future interests in mind. And three times, essentially, Jesus tells the devil, get behind me. He's telling the devil, no, God's good and he has goodness for me. I see a lot of desperation. I see a lot of people posting things like, First it was Kobe, then it was coronavirus, then the fires, then the murder hornets, <laughs> and now, and then they put something else. I just can't go any further. A lot of people are feeling like they've come to that, to that point where despair might be the best option. A lot of people are looking into the politics of the country, and again, despair seems like the only option. My brothers and sisters, we do not belong to this world. And if you are putting any of your hope 
for your future goodness in what may or not may not be happening in this world, then once again, we are letting, we are letting the liar and the slanderer lead us astray. And we're falling. We're once again having this spiritual death in which we're misplacing what God wants, the goodness of finding our hope and anchoring our life only in him. This world can fall apart. Yet scripture is clear that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And each and every day that you've been living in 2020 has been an opportunity for you to stand up and be that witness among now this world that seems to be moving closer and closer each day to despair. Full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus has led you right now into 2020, into the end of September, And each and every trial and test before you right now is just an opportunity for you to grow and to be a witness. We are not, our hope is not grounded in anything that's going to happen here and now. Your joy is in the Lord. Your hope is in the Lord. Your faith in the future is Jesus coming again. Now, of course, we seek the goodness of this place we are in. We, are, we vote with passion. We seek to be supporting the, the causes that are going to be bringing reconciliation here and now with Urban Promise Los Angeles, with Family Rescue Center, with, with the other missions that you are a part of in your life. But ultimately, they are not our hope. Our hope is in Christ alone. And each and every morning, you can rise up filled filled with the hope and the joy that Jesus Christ is for you, particularly in spite of everything else that might seem to be against you. Let's pray. Lord, we are, we are your people. And as your church, we, we do declare our dependence upon you. Our hope, our joy is in you. As we continue to move down this path of 2020 into the wilderness, Lord, I do continue to ask you would use the, the testing before us to continue to say, yes, you are good. To say, yes, your love is for us. To say, yes, our hope has not diminished. Rather, Lord, when we feel the despair of this world, may it bring us closer to the hope we have in you. When we feel the hatred around us, may it draw us closer to be your example of love. And ultimately, Lord, may we conform to your posture, to your attitude, to your life. May you be both our Savior and our Lord, our example. We ask this in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.